this week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I don't know how I would react if it turned out you were a witch. I guess for one, I'd be upset that it like took you so long to tell me. Hello and welcome to Buff the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. I'm Stacey Kulo, and this is our podcast where we talk about two shows that one of us has seen but the other hasn't. In my case, it's Gilmore Girls. I've seen it, haven't seen Buffy. In my case, it's Buff the Vampire Slayer. Seen it, haven't seen Gilmore Girls. But now we have seen some of them. Yeah. We're watching an extra episode of Gilmore Girls because there, as we said last time, there are fewer episodes of Buffy in the first season. Seasons two through seven all match up. So after the first season, there will only be one per show. We promise. We just want to finish season one out nice and even. But we got to watch a lot of Gilmore Girls in the next few weeks. It's okay. I like Gilmore Girls. Wow. I I was. I like it now. You like it. That makes me so happy. We can get into that later. Is there anything else we should get into? I'm doing a college show tomorrow, which is weird because I haven't done stand-up in like six months. So am I, I'm kind of like, am I going to even remember how to do stand-up? Yeah. You'll probably just end up sitting down. <laughs> I'm interested to see how it goes. Me too. I wish I could be there. All right. Let's get into the show. Okay. So uh, this week we started with Buffy. We watched season one, episode seven, Angel, which I may have accidentally spoiled Big yeah. spoiler for right before the episode. The show is seven seasons. You find out in episode seven. Right. So it's like most of the show, you know he's an angel. You know he's a he's vampire. He's an angel? He's an angel vampire. So this episode is about Buffy finally learning the deal with Angel. He's, What's the deal? He's a vampire. We I knew that before we watched the episode. <laughs> he's been a vampire for many years. There was this town where he... Turned a beautiful, beloved woman. He bit her. He killed her. And the townspeople were not happy about that. So they gave him his soul back, which makes him understand what he's doing as a vampire. We learn that vampires don't have any kind of remorse for what they do. So it makes it easy for them to constantly be sucking people's blood. But he now feels bad about doing that. But he still needs blood. But he hasn't actually, like killed anyone in many many years or like gotten blood from a real person but he still has those urges yeah and he still has the memory they don't really go into this but he also still has the memories of doing all the terrible things and he was like a badass vampire yeah he was a really bad vampire he was gonna be the master's like sidekick i feel like there will be conflict with that in the future maybe he will be persuaded by the dark side to do some some bad things since he has the ability both shows today had like the theme of Picking up plot threads that we had on hold on the Mm -hmm. back burner. Like we had the anointed one. He was just gone for a while. He was a big deal. And then he just didn't show up in the pack. He's back. Right. And then also in Gilmore Girls, the the boyfriend teacher comes back. We'll talk about that later. But it's just interesting that that, uh, that's just how these shows went. It's like they were like, we're going to talk about the main plot on these episodes. Yeah, I feel like in our last podcast episode, there was like really nothing in common thematically. And this one had a few. Had a few, yeah, yeah. We'll touch on. So... Buffy and her friends are at the bronze. It's the fumigation party where they close down the bronze once a year to get rid of the cockroaches. That seemed very important, but it kind of barely was. Um, but meanwhile, the master is very upset because he's just he's not killing Buffy and Buffy just keeps killing vampires and their numbers are dwindling. So he sends three of his toughest vampires to kill Buffy and it does not go well because Angel intercepts and 
then we learn a lot more about Angel. But yeah, specifically these three vampires, they seem very tough. But then he kills them because they didn't get the job done? Right. I'm like, well, you're running out of vampires. Just, they'll, they're pretty good vampires. They can maybe help with some other shit. Also, like, the master, like, I get if he's just walking around, he's probably a pretty powerful vampire. You probably don't want to mess with that guy, you know? But he's trapped in this, like, little basement cathedral. If you fail him, why don't you just, like, skip town? Yeah. Do they need him? Is he, like, providing them with money or sustenance of some sort? No. I mean, yeah, he's a tough dude. You wouldn't want to fight him. But he's trapped right now. And if you know he's going to kill you... Go start your own, like, vampire cult. Yeah. So Buffy invites Angel back to her house because he gets injured in this vampire fight. She invites him in, which is significant because he's a vampire. You had a problem with the scene. I did. This episode has a couple problems. She invites Angel in pretty hurriedly, but she does say it. She doesn't invite the other guys in, but they do, like, slam their arms through the door, Mm -hmm. which doesn't make sense. They shouldn't be allowed to do that. They shouldn't be able to do that. And while you might be able to argue, like, well, they're not entering the house, later episodes will, like, clearly define... That there's like a force field barrier. Like they can't go through it. I was going to say, would they like melt if it was like the sun or they just literally can't? They just can't. It's like there's a wall there that they can't punch through. Okay. But Buffy brings all these vampires back to her house. Which also doesn't make sense because it's like your mom lives there. Now the vampires know where you live. Yeah. So she patches up Angel. She lets him sleep next to her. Not in her bed, but she really wants him to sleep in her bed. Mm -hmm. Oh, she is thirsty. And he's... Thirsty and hungry for her. Yes. He implies he's too old for her. And she's like, how much older? I'm like, if the answer is three years, you shouldn't go ahead with this. But now that I know he's a vampire, I'm guessing he's much, much older than you. Either way, he's too old for you. I can't tell if he's a good actor. He feels very Keanu Reevesy to me. I didn't think he was a bad actor the first time through. Mm-hmm. And watching it now, he just has like cryptic lines. So it's like hard to tell if he's a good or bad actor because his lines are sort of not normal lines. So right. I don't really know. He's gone on to be in several other things, so. Really? What, Angel? Well, yeah, he was an angel, but then he was in that other show, Bones. And really? He was in, yeah, he's like a main character. Oh, he's the Bones man? He's the Bones man. I haven't seen Bones. Um, oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Did you hear that? Our cat went flying across the room. No reason. He stays over with her. She yeah. goes to school the next day, all mm-hmm. smitten, telling Willow and Xander, and Xander's like, oh, what? You let a boy stay at your house? That's not how he talks, but in my head. Kind of sounds that way. So Buffy and Giles are continuing their their training, but now because it seems like the master's really trying to get Buffy, they decide to like maybe amp up the weaponry a little bit. And Buffy wants to use the crossbow, and, and Giles t- says maybe she should wear some protection. And she's like, "No, I don't need that. I'm going to beat you up." He's like, eh, "You don't know that." And then she totally just like knocks him out. That was very funny. You warned me that Giles would get knocked down a lot. He does. I also don't understand this scene because he's like, you won't beat me. He's like, you know she has superhuman strength. Mm-hmm. Even if she's not talented with the bow. Like, is he? Like, does he do that at home? I mean, even if he's good with it, like, if she lands one blow, dude. like, Right. Is this also just like during school? Yeah. The timelines in both of these shows don't make sense. And they're keeping the weapons in the book locker. Right. <laughs> like, what is this cage in the library for? Your library didn't have a cage? It's unclear, like, if Angel left for the day. Like, what happened in the morning when the sun came out? We didn't see that scene where Buffy's like, I got to go to school. You can hide in my room. But why does that even happen? Like, theoretically, they both waited the night out at her house because the vampires, maybe you were outside. Mm -hmm. When the sun comes up, Buffy's able to go outside because the sun is up. Vampires can't be out there. And that would be a good time for him to leave if he wasn't a vampire. Exactly. Why would she be like, hey, you hang here in my room. Mm -hmm. 
for the whole day. That doesn't make any sense. So she goes home the next night and she's like, oh, how was my room all day? Oh my God, you read my diary? When I wrote the letter A, I wasn't talking about you. I don't love you. I haven't fantasized about you. And then he's like, no, your mom moved your diary. You just said too many things, girl. So now Angel knows everything. They have a beautiful kiss. And then Angel flashes his vampire face. When do they do that? Why Why are they sometimes vampire ugly and sometimes they're human hot? I don't know that there's like, you know, rules that they actually set out. But from what I understand, it's like when they get very emotional and it's not like love, mm-hmm. like they come out. And I think he was just getting very lusty in that moment. Also, he hadn't eaten in a while because he's been there for like two days. So then the next couple scenes are Buffy like trying to understand why Angel didn't kill her because he's a vampire. Yeah. And Giles is like, yeah, vampires are always the worst. They're always bad. They don't have souls. And then Giles does discover in a book there's this very old creature named An- Angelus. Who, I guess he shortened his name when he got the sexy jackets. Just got a shorter, sexier name. Xander doesn't like hearing any of this. He would prefer that Angel was a sad little vampire that was about to die and leave them all alone so he could have Buffy for lunch for himself. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the way Xander is acting in these. I mean, like, no one would act the way he does to Buffy. Buffy would stop hanging out with him. Yeah. It's also a very weird dynamic with Willow. Mm -hmm. Because Willow is in love with Xander. And it's very clear that Xander is in love with Buffy. I I just feel like this isn't Willow's M.O., but she should absolutely, like, shit-talk Buffy to Xander if she wants any chance (laughs) with him. That's not a very good friend thing to do, but, like, what are we doing, Willow? Buffy's not a super good friend to you. Whenever you're hanging out, she's always just like thinking about Angel. Yeah. Don't you think Willow would say to Xander at some point, like, Buffy is smitten by Angel. Like, I I don't think it's going to happen. It's not in the cards. Yeah. So we see a bit more of Buffy's mom in this one. Oh, God, I hate her mom. She's like home alone one night. It's 11 p.m. She's done her hair, put on a full face of makeup, made a hot pot of coffee that's very full just for herself. She's going to... Well, she said she was like dealing with... The IRS all day? What's going on? I think she's doing taxes. I hope she's not in trouble. Is that an <laughs> episode? <laughs> Buffy's mom gets audited. Yeah, that's the monster of the week. The IRS. Yeah. Uh, Darla shows up and is like, I'm Buffy's friend. I'm here to help her with her history, which Buffy earlier in the episode said she had been toiling over. Yeah, we think it was the word toiling. We played it twice. <laughs> no teenagers says they're toiling with their history homework. Can we talk about this for a second too? Darla, like, this is like a long con for Darla, right? Which I guess sort of makes sense. She's like, she spies on Buffy and learns what she's studying. Oh, yeah. She like sneaks into the library. Then she like goes to the house to get in there to frame Angel for eating the mother. Then later, Darla's got handguns and she's trying to shoot Buffy and shoot Angel. I get that she wants Angel back to the dark side. But she also knows that Master kills people that like don't do what she want, what he wants. And she also knows that Buffy seems to be kicking ass. Yeah. So why wouldn't Darla just shoot Buffy? Like, in the library. No, she wants to play mind games first. It makes no sense. It's, like, not like, oh, you're going to get caught. Like, the principal was eaten by a pack of wolves. Yeah, the school doesn't. There's no rules at the school. Yeah. You can kill whoever you want. There's no security cameras at all. The school would probably be shut down after two members of the faculty have Well, been- you know, some mayors might like the city the way they are. What are you, is it Seth Green, the mayor? Stop dropping clues. No, but I am dropping clues. <laughs> <laughs> so Darla convinces Buffy's mom that she's Buffy's friend. And then Darla bites the mom, but Angel comes in right at that moment and is holding the mom, thinking about also having a nibble when Buffy walks in. Mm -hmm. Darla's gone, so Buffy thinks that Angel snagged on her mom. Series of really unfortunate events. Uh, And of course, Angel doesn't just immediately say it wasn't me. 
That whole scene was also dumb. She like kicks him through the window, which I guess they actually, they never address that. The mom thinks she fell on a fork, but isn't like, oh, why is the window gone? Well, she might have gotten taken to the hospital and hasn't seen the window yet. Well, I can tell you that I don't think the next episode starts with the mom being like, what happened to our window? Well, yeah, because she's dealing with the IRS. She's just going to assume the IRS like threw a rock through with a note that says, pay your back taxes. So the mom's in the hospital where Giles shows up. Buffy like tries to explain that this is their librarian friend and he's cool. But the mom barely questions why this teacher's hanging out with them like so late at night. And then they just have a conversation alone. He finds out from the mom that Darla was, in fact, the one. That bit her. And they go to the bronze, because that's where Buffy is with Angel and Darla having a fight. They go there to warn Buffy, which this is why we were fumigating the bronze, I guess, so that it would be empty for this scene. For this very poorly lit scene. It was like impossible to tell what was happening. The owners of the bronze knew that Buffy would need somewhere to have a showdown. (laughs) So they set a bunch of cockroaches loose. So this scene where uh, she's shooting at Buffy with two handguns, um, I hate that. And they did it in the 90s all the time. I mean, they still do it today, but I feel like the 90s was, like, prime time for, like, guy getting shot at, and he, like, just isn't getting hit, you know, stormtrooper aiming constantly. And she probably needed to reload, you mentioned. Yeah. I will say, though, the bronze was so poorly lit that that's maybe why she couldn't hit Buffy. But before Dollar shows up, Angel does tell Buffy this whole backstory with the gypsy girl. Can we reverse vampire him? Is that a thing? In one of Giles' books? Is there a book in the cage? Maybe there's a book in the cage, but... You don't have the keys. I think I like Angel. Well, he's clearly a good guy, right? I mean, he doesn't kill Buffy. Yeah. I, he saves Buffy's life. I was saying, though, it would be a little hard to trust him. I mean, she is a slayer, so she could, like, fight him potentially if he tried to kill her. But we also know he's a very good vampire. And he could kill her friends. Like, what if he goes rogue? He could have at any point already. And he's proven that he, like, wants to warn her and help her when possible. But I'm a little worried. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Buffy's going to live at least all seven seasons, so I'm not actually that worried. Interesting thought. Wait, is that a clue? Does she die and come back? Is, is she a robot for all of it? <laughs> so Buffy obviously realizes she can't date Angel, even though it doesn't seem like he's going to kill her. She has this like moral obligation to kill him, but she's not going to because he didn't kill her, I guess. Oh, Darla dies. Yeah, Angel kills Darla. Good job, Angel. They used to be lovers, so that must have been... Hard for him, although she seems like lame now. Maybe she used to be cooler. She doesn't seem like a pleasant woman to date. Our superintendent is doing some work. We're just choosing to ignore that, so sorry if you can hear him. Yeah, he's going to be a regular on the podcast in that he seems to always be taking the trash out. Like, just always. Yeah. Like, always. We try to plan around this, but it's impossible. And he's always yelling at somebody in Russian, and we don't know if he's mad or not. We don't know if it's Russian. We don't. But Angel's still following Buffy. He's there at the bronze. We're reopened after the cockroach problem is dealt with. They must have had a lot of glass and debris to clean up after the big... Speaking of glass and And debris... debris. They must have had a lot of glass and debris to clean up after the big showdown at the bronze. Here's my theory. Um, I, unsubstantiated by anything. I just thought of. Okay. okay. So in episode like three or four, um, we had the mantis. I think them, and she had eggs, right? We never saw what happened to those eggs. I bet they like went to the bronze and they were like, you know, growing up there and then it got fumigated. And the eggs died. went to the bronze? Well, the eggs hatched. So they hatched? They hatched. <laughs> okay. I'm going to think they went to the bronze, but the fumigation is why they never come back. It's funny because in the last episode, we were telling them about our cockroach problem. Yeah. And now there were cockroaches in this episode. 
Yeah, we dealt with that problem. But Angel is there in the corner, still watching Buffy, and they're like, yeah, we can't date. I guess this is a bad idea. But then they have another beautiful kiss. And I'm like, doesn't her cross necklace bother him? They pull apart and Angel's chest is just like freaking burning where that cross was. Mm-hmm. So maybe she should stop wearing that necklace if she wants to date him. Or he should, like, figure out his curse problem. Can they be together? We'll see. And we will see. I, I feel like he's going to be around. He gets a whole spinoff. Was this a good episode, Brian? Um, Yes, because I think it told us a lot about Angel. We finally got to know his deal. And it got back on track to the main plot. But, I mean... Okay, you guys can't see this at home, but our cat just jumped in front of Stacy. And, like, his butt is, like, right in her face. <laughs> Right, he said, <laughs> "This asshole was like in my mouth, buddy." He's can like, you "Did get you down? like this episode?" <laughs> All right, we have a cat. He's never been on the podcast. Now he will be. Um, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Not the best. I know a lot of people think it's highly rated, and I think that's just because it moved the plot along quite a bit. Yeah, I guess nothing particularly awesome happened. I don't like Darla. I'm glad she's dead. Yeah, she's annoying. Mm-hmm. I don't like her face. I don't like her voice. I don't like her attitude. I also didn't like the fight scenes. When they're fighting the three, I just... It, the fight scenes get better in Buffy. They get quite a bit better. But, like, right now, I feel like the fight scenes this whole season are sort of just like, okay, there's your body double, double cut to you standing there. There's your body double cut to you standing there. They were amped to be so badass, too. And that yeah. fight just, like, barely lasted any time at all. It was nice that we got to hear more about the anointed one. And this little kid seems very... Confident. They're clearly like modulating his voice somehow mm-hmm. to make him sound barely scarier. I don't know, but the master doesn't seem scary at all right now. He's like a little teacher that's like having a special program to teach his like vampirettes yeah. like, how to be better vampires. It seems to be working. It's he- funny, but it's also like you're not scary, man. <laughs> yeah, he's sort of the Giles right now. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't hate it. I was excited to learn more about Angel. Um, would I have been shocked to find out he was a vampire? Maybe. I didn't really expect that. It's so funny to me to hear that because obviously you don't know the whole show. So obviously you don't know that. Yeah. I but mean, to me, it's like, yeah, of course he's a vampire. It came out 23 years ago. I could have known that at some point. And maybe I did and I forgot. He's out only at night. But to be fair, so much of this show happens at night. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And he's not going to like come to school. No, you're 100% right. Although Giles goes to parents' houses. Who knows what the rules are <laughs> with where adults can follow children in this universe. And now for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile on Charmed. Charmed is another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us watched. But we're going to discuss it anyway. Based only on the IMDb summaries. And again, because of that Buffy half season, we're going to be doing two episodes of Charmed for the rest of the season. Oh so boy. you Charmed fans, here it is. That's exciting. Stacy, what happened on Charmed? All right. Meanwhile, on Charmed, season one, episode seven, The Fourth Sister. There's a, a fourth sister? We You predicted that. Well, I read it. You read That's not the same as prediction. The fourth sister. A troubled teenage witch comes to the sisters for help and guidance, hoping that the Hallowells will become her mentors. But it transpires that the girl is an unwilling pawn in the schemes of an evil sorceress. And... Meanwhile, in Charm Season 1, Episode 8, The Truth is Out There and It Hurts, long title, Prue decides she must find out how Andy will react to her being a witch, so she casts a truth spell. The 24-hour spell makes anyone around the sisters tell the truth, but is the truth what they really want to hear? There's a lot there. Uh, Well, it's two episodes, but (sighs) Sabrina the Teenage Witch shows up, right? A troubled teenage witch? It sounds like it's Sabrina. I didn't know these crossed over. They probably aired around the same time. I'm going to... Now, again, I've never seen the show. And I had admitted that it does seem to be about witches. Yeah. 
And this summary does seem to confirm that maybe it is about witches. Uh, yeah, I mean, it says a witch shows up looking for help. So unless they're also witches, she's in the wrong place. And sorceress is sort of in that ballpark, though, too. So I'm going to go ahead and say that it for sure was definitely a crossover episode with Sabrina. Now, you watched Sabrina growing up, right? Uh, every one of them, maybe until the college ones. Those weren't as good. Okay, so this is probably like a really funny episode, right? Because Sabrina was a funny show. Yeah. Yeah, it was a funny show. You think Pendulette was in this episode? Yeah, I think so. And maybe the cat. Wow. This was like, I'm kind of sad we missed this episode. And what then, a weird summary. But it transpires that the girl is an unwitting pawn. Would it, but it transpires? Wouldn't it be so much easier to say, but it turns out? It's IMDb, man. It's fancy. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> also, in the second episode, who is Andy? We haven't met Andy. Is Andy like the man that was being forced to get married against his will in the last episode? Maybe they just kept him around? I, mean, I don't know how I would react if I, it turned out you were a witch. I guess for one, I'd be upset that it like took you so long to tell me. But That's a big plot point in Sabrina. She like hides it from her boyfriend for a long time. Really? Maybe the whole show. In Bewitched, the show Bewitched, I can't remember. I think the guy knew she was a witch, right? I think so, but I might be thinking of I Dream of Jeannie. Hmm. Hmm, interesting. Those are similar shows. Man has captured Magic Woman. I don't know that they're captured. I remember watching I Dream of Genie as a kid, and like it made no sense. It was like you could make her do anything, man. Like make he would always be like, oh, "I'm not going to use the genie." It's like, no, you use your magic genie. Yeah, yeah. He didn't sleep with the genie too, and it's like, I'm sorry. Like, why would you not? Was she DTS down to sleep? <laughs> she was down to sleep. She loves sleeping. As <laughs> uh, her favorite thing to do in that show. I mean, she had her belly button out. In the 60s, so if oh, a girl's not DTS, DTS <laughs> then I don't know who is. I think the show was on in the 60s. I do not know. Okay, so this next episode, Andy, who I'm just going to go ahead and say is the man that was getting married in the last episode. Right, that makes sense. It follows. I'm sure it's him. They rescued him. He lives with them now. Right, because he, he's like miniature. He lived in a cupboard. Yes, he was a tiny little man. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so he, they keep him in the cupboard. They let him out. They feed him. Obviously, they feed him. Yeah. They haven't told him they're witches yet. Because, <laughs> you know, he's just learning there's a world outside this cupboard. Oh, it's right. a lot to freaking teach somebody. But she wants to find out how he will react to her being a witch. So she puts the truth spell on him. What is happening in this episode? Wait, how does... I don't think I would, like, lie about a hypothetical. You know, if you were like, hey, if I turned out to be, like, a shape-shifting lion, how would you feel? I don't think I would be like... I'm going to lie to you right now. Like, <laughs> like, well, I would be upset that you haven't told me. But this part is interesting. The, the spell makes anyone around them tell the truth. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, like, what kind of hijinks that causes. They find out their dad's not their dad because, oh, like, wow. he showed up. Yeah, they find out their dad's not their dad. I'm just, you assume? I'm saying that's something that could happen. Yeah, let's say it did happen. That's, yeah, so they now they know that their dad is not their dad. Right. The man in the cupboard turns out he's fine with them being witches. Sabrina visits them occasionally but i think because of sabrina showing up is how, probably how they discovered that the family situation was not what they thought too yeah. like they didn't want to hear that truth oh maybe her dad is our real dad that kind of thing and then a bunch of stuff transpires yeah a lot of transpiration and this has been meanwhile uncharted so then we watched a double feature of gilmore girls season one episode seven kiss and tell as well as episode eight love and war and snow Brian, would you like to tell us what happened in both of these episodes separately or together? Or? We'll do separate. Okay. What's the general premise of Kiss and Tell? Okay, Kiss and Tell. Rory has 
I guess, what did we hear? First kiss? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Did they ever say specifically it's their first kiss? Maybe she does. I don't recall. Um, but she has a kiss. It's To be honest, it's a weird kiss. Um, they're like She's at the grocery store to see her beau. And he's like, hey, I've got some pop behind my back. And she's like, pop? What the hell is that? What words are you using? He's like, they use it in Chicago. And if you can guess what kind of pop I have, you get it for free. But he has the same pop on both hands. So it's kind of like. You saw this? that. Yeah, I was a little upset about this game. Uh, but then he just kisses her, and she says thank you and leaves, and she's so excited about the fact that she kissed this guy. <laughs> Kurt is knocking stuff off the table, that's what you're hearing. Kurt is our cat, and he wants to be part of this today. Buddy, no, 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 don't walk on the computer. So that happens. Um, she tells her best friend about it, Lane, and then Lane's mother overhears this. Then the entire town knows, but she doesn't tell her mother. But Lorelai finds out when she's visiting to, not visiting, but she's going to Lane's mama's house to get some furniture she bought like months ago. Convenient. And the mother complains about how her daughter is a bad influence because she's making out with boys. Lorelai is all upset that Rory didn't tell her about this kiss. Later in the episode, she finally just confronts her about it. And she's like, so you kissed the boy, huh? Tell me about it. And then Rory's all like, well, I don't know. How did you know? Everybody knows about it. Everybody knows. Lorelai's like, no, no, no. I'm a cool mom. It's all good. I'm not against boys. It's fine that you kissed them. She you seems know. not fine, though. I think she's like putting on a front that she's fine. Oh, absolutely. But she's trying to be like cool. And so cool that they go to the grocery store later to grab some stuff before they rent a movie. And when they go in, he's there and the mom invites him over to watch a movie, which is weird. I think we should talk about that. It is Pretty weird. Yeah. Rory maybe does overreact slightly? I don't think so. I don't think so either. That would be weird to have like a forced first actual real date with this guy you're kind of seeing be with just your mom. Yeah. It would be less weird if like Rory's like, hey, I'm having like three friends over tonight. And Rory had a good point. Like they were planning on eating a bunch of junk and that's kind of weird to do like on a first date, which they actually bring up on the date. He's like, oh, you can eat a lot. And she's like, yeah, I can. Is that weird? And he walks out and he's out of the show. No, he loved it about her. So Dean does come. They get a pizza with a ton of stuff on it. They sit down on the couch to eat it. They cut to a few minutes later and they're sitting on the floor watching this movie when they have a perfectly reasonable sized couch. I was like, what are we doing? They all look so uncomfortable. But then Rory is having a good time. But And so Lorelai is like, I'm going to like just go read a magazine in the kitchen so that they can have some alone time. Which I think is the right choice. They had a long discussion, like, yeah. how do we fix this? And they realize there's no good solution, so they just have to have him over. But I, this is what I would have done. I would have had him over and then slunk away eventually so they could be alone. But then Rory's like, no, I need my mommy. Why would you leave me alone with this boy that I'm having a perfectly good time with? Again, I think I just don't relate to Rory's personality. Yeah, I get how some people might, I guess. Yeah. But also, like, they were just sitting there. It's not like, I don't know, it's like there's a movie going on. You don't have to say anything, you know? Like, I, I feel like it's almost hard to be awkward. And they were having a good camaraderie. Mm-hmm. She just kind of, out of nowhere, was like, where's my mom? Then the mom comes back because Rory's like, Mom, I can't have interactions with a boy, right? I'm weird. So the mom goes in. Rory, like, is going to go to the bathroom. Take a huge-ass dump. It seemed that way. You know, because she's got the bubble guts, because she's nervous. Mm -hmm. And she ate all that food. Yeah. This scene, I thought was stupid, honestly. Lorelai's all like, hey, I want to like you. You moved to a weird town where everybody loves Rory, and if you hurt her, you're going to pay. And it was like, okay, I get the, like, sentiment of, like, hey, treat my daughter right, you know? Much like the vampire village. Dean is Angel. Yes, exactly. Your daughter said, please don't make this weird. It's, like, our first date. And then she goes in there all like, 
you, this is like serious or you're gonna die. And it's like, you could just say something like, not that crazy. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, she realizes Rory like really, really likes Dean and she's not so sure yet. With one exception, he hasn't really done anything to make her dislike yeah. him. Yeah. And the one exception is he immediately is like, well, I have some rules too. <laughs> Listen, lady, I'm not going anywhere. So like, deal with the fact that I'm dating your daughter. Not quite that mean, but like, he sort of isn't like super respectful of her, I would say. Yeah. So I can see why she's a little... But up until that moment, I hadn't really seen that from him. Exactly. I guess Rory hasn't really expressed much interest in guys to this point, though. Mm-hmm. So Suki shows up. He's like, I gotta see this boy. I gotta see him. And she's like, no, it's weird. And she's like, I gotta... And then like Suki like forces herself to be able to see the boy. And it's just like, why? What friend are you that you would do this? You could go to the grocery store and see him without him knowing it. Yeah. It's so weird that you stop by. To me, it felt like a weird writing choice, just like a way to get Suki in the episode yeah. with food. Mm-hmm. She like showed up with a dessert. But at the end of the episode, things are, are good. She has another kiss. Yeah. With her boyfriend. And then Dean says thank you. And then Dean says thank you, which is fun. I would have liked it if she had initiated the kiss. I know that's not important, but I would have liked that. We learned that he's had a girlfriend before for like a year. Yeah. So he's probably kissed a lot. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the episode, after the kiss... Uh, Rory's like, I want to share everything with mom. Yeah, she tells her about the kiss. A couple other small things about this episode is that there's a running uh, small story with Luke about how the town is trying to get him to put out Thanksgiving stuff, and he doesn't want to. There's some douchebag that's like trying to get Luke to like put up streamers and stuff. Taylor (laughs) Dosey. Is that the character? I don't know that they really said his name much. He's the guy that owns the store. Taylor Douche. He's the sort of unseen person. He's the one that said that the uh, dance instructor can put whatever she wants in her mouth. Yes. So he's like, you got to put up streamers and stuff, you got it. And it's like, no, he doesn't. Get the hell out of his store. Like, I would be like, you need to leave right now or I'm going to call the police. But then Lorelai and Rory come in and they're demanding service right away. And I think the idea is that they're like, oh, you're talking to this guy who's annoying. We're going to save you by being demanding. Yeah. But they've done this before. And it's like, he's helping other customers. Like, you need to chill out. Like, I would be pissed if I were serving them. And this is literally the first time we've seen this character. So the yeah. audience doesn't know that this is sort of a man we all kind of goof on yet. We could tell he's a douche. I mean, yeah. But we don't exactly know his like authority. So it just seems kind of disrespectful that they were yeah. doing that. So what about Love and War and Snow? Uh, just like Buffy, this episode's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a plot about this teacher dating Ror- uh, Lorelai and we forgot all about it. Mm-hmm. I almost said Rory. That would have been a different plot. Very interesting. I think you even said in the Kiss and Tell episode, where is the guy she was dating? And I knew that this one coming up, she would date him. But He and the anointed one went for a cup of coffee. Yes. I guess the main point of this episode is about Lorelai trying to rekindle the idea that she might date men because she hasn't really been dating since Rory's been around. But also the idea that like snow is magic. She when she was younger, she like had this magical day because of some snow and she kind of thought of it was like a gift for her. So she loves really snowy days. And lo and behold, here comes a snowy day where everything sort of seems to be going her way. She doesn't have to go visit her mother because it's too snowy. So she's got the house to herself. And lo and behold, this guy who she's really wanted to date for a long time, but is afraid that it's maybe morally ambiguous. He, his car breaks down and she has every reason to go out with him, especially because the house is empty. Yeah, Rory's staying overnight with her grandparents. Yeah. This episode is also about the relationship between Rory and Lane. Yes. Lane's feeling a little left out lately with all the Rory being at a new school, being with Dean. And... Rory really isn't listening to her. No. Lane's having like a big boy problem and Rory is just like worried about where her books are, 
where her dean is, where her cookies for her dean are. I get the book thing just because it's like, I need to go to Harvard. I need to know where my book is. Once we get this book, I'm down to listen. But then she got the book and then yep. Lane was trying to talk to her more. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, sorry, I wasn't listening. I couldn't find my book, Mark. It was just lost somewhere in the book. Again, all of this happened before school one yeah, morning. What time is this? They're at the hotel it's before school? They go to like three different places. They probably stop by Luke's for a second like they do every day. I got up as late as possible in high school. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so she's not listening to her, her friend at all. And the other plot line is Luke really hates his reenactment stuff. Oh, the episode starts on a town hall. Yes, the town meeting. The town meeting is a very fun aspect of the show. And this is the first one we get to see. Oh, there's more of these. Yeah. Lorelai and Rory treat it as if it's like a bad movie. Like they bring snacks and they're like commenting on it. Oh, yeah, they did that this time. Yeah, yeah. At least in this one. I don't know if they do that every time. Well, the mayor's a douche. I mean, I said douche in the last, but I mean, he is. He's an asshole. Well, Taylor Dosey's not the mayor. I know. Oh, okay. I said I used the word douche. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's it's an older man who calls them all like his children that might need to be punished. I was like, you're done, dude. Get the hell out of office. Mm-hmm. I almost want to say we never see that man again, but I can't remember. Is he and Tristan die in a car accident? That'd be great. I can't say that that doesn't happen, but I don't think it does. So I didn't like this town hall because uh, it was ridiculous and no one would go to it to start. (laughs) But everyone went. I know. It was packed. But we learned that um, they're doing like a town reenactment of this like battle from the Revolutionary War where Mm -hmm. men just like stood out in the cold all night and waiting for the enemy to come, but they never did. But they still reenact this every year, and Luke thinks it's insane. He's against tradition. Luke is very super progressive, right? Like, that's the idea. I suppose so. Maybe to a fault. Yeah, oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's like the best character trait in the world. I just meant like that's his bit, right? Is it it progressive? He seems also very like stuck in his own ways. Well, his his ways are like progressive, right? Like he tells them that the food they're eating is bad. Not it's just true. for them, but like for the environment and then... Yeah, maybe he got the internet a little bit before everyone else. <laughs> maybe that's what it is, right? I feel like Reads he's articles. always commenting on like corporations and stuff. That's that's a good point. We'll see how that pans out. I can't really remember his stance on the issues. He has a long conversation with Lorelai in this. That's probably mm. the longest he's been on camera. She sort of vents to him about... Or was that in the kiss That one? was the previous one. Well, that's okay. We're treating him somewhat as one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he vent- she vents to him about the kiss... Yeah. For like quite a while. So yeah. we kind of learn that he's a bit more of a confidant for her than has been. Their crazy. relationship is clearly starting to like fill in like, oh, there's something going on here. We saw that in the last episode when Emily pointed it out. Mm-hmm. Well, two episodes ago, I guess. But like now we're seeing like, oh, they have like an actual relationship. It's not just customer. Right. And then he does glimpse her. Yep. Well, let's just finish up Luke's storyline. He He ends up bringing coffee to the men. Standing in the cold, which is sort of like a peace gesture. Yeah. Like, I think this is ridiculous, but I'm not going to let you guys stand out here in the cold. Your voice is crying. It sounds like you're crying. I, it's <laughs> really, it was nice. And it was so happy for Luke. But when that happens, he sees Lorelai kissing the teacher. Yeah. It looks like he's got feelings about that. Yeah. And I not thought like, he was... yay for Lorelai. Yeah. Like, sad for me. And then there's Lane, who has... A super big crush on a boyfriend. No, just a boy. Her band partner, which is not a thing. I was in marching band for like a lot of years and we didn't have partners. What would you do with a band partner? We just touch each other's hair. Yeah, well, that's what she thinks. <laughs> so she just like gropes this guy's head and she blames us all on Rory because yeah. she really needed a friend to walk. I mean, Rory wouldn't have been there at that moment to tell her not to do that. So I don't really know what Rory would have done to fix this. Yeah, like help like siphon her... Hormones off or something? I like, guess. I don't know. 
But she calls Rory in a huff, but Rory's not home. Rory's stuck with her grandparents. Yeah, so she's at her grandparents' house, and the grandparents' um, newest cook. maid can't... Oh, yeah, the newest cook can't make it because of the snow. I love this running bit is that their servants are constantly new. Like, the dad doesn't know their names at mm-hmm. all. Emily's freaking out like she always does. Oh, my gosh, she makes me so anxious and annoyed when she does that. Richard is, like, the opposite of her. It's funny because he is so, like... I don't want to say laid back because he's not like, but he'll be like reading a newspaper and it's like, you could at least address what's happening in the present, Richard. Like um, they say they have nothing in the you know fridge. Of course, they have a lot. And they can't go out because of the snow. Yeah. Rory finds a pizza. They've never had pizza from the oven pizza. Before. One of the old maids must have left it. So they make it. And of course, they love it. They go, oh, This is fantastic. They added fresh grated Parmesan to it. Yeah, that would make anything good. Yeah. But also, like, let's be honest, like, uh, frozen pizza is great. great. Yeah. We live in New York where there's great pizza and we still make frozen pizza sometimes. Not always. New York pizza is great too. Red Baron, if you want to sponsor this podcast. We are down, man. Please. DiGiorno? Not so much. No. But if you want to sponsor this podcast, we'll accept DiGiorno. We don't need it, but. Yeah. We will, we'll talk about it better if you do yeah. give us money. <laughs> I mean, Red Baron, if we're being real, I mean, I'm going to sing your praises day and night. So you yeah. don't really need to sponsor us, but like, please do. Yeah. This has been a segment we like to call Please Sponsor Us. <laughs> Rory also discovers old pictures in her yeah. mom's bedroom yeah. of her mom and her dad in like a little photo booth situation, but also just like old pictures of her mom. But there's a lot of funny scenes with like Emily and Richard and, and her. Yeah. Like uh, when the oven is going off, what is happening in a scene? Like the oven goes off. They're like, I don't know what to do about it. And it's like, Emily, you can't like look at an, an oven and try to figure it out. Yeah. I don't buy that they never, ever cook. Like they are rich, but like were they rich the whole time they were married? Like, have they always had a cook? Did you have a cook growing up? They must have seen what a cook does, right? Like, yeah. there's buttons that are really clear on an oven. But when Rory brings down this old photo album, they see a photo of Lorelai in her debutante ball dress. And I think it's implied that she never actually had her, like, coming out party because she got pregnant. Because what? What? No, do you know what a coming out party is? I don't. Is? I only do because of the show. Okay. <laughs> uh, I honestly was like, what? I think it's like a rich person thing. Like, I am now a lady of society. Like, I am like an eligible bachelorette. I think exactly okay. right. All right. Yes. But since she got pregnant, she never actually wore that dress. Well, I think that Rory is sort of seeing like, oh, my mother used to be happy. And I prevented a lot of happy memories. Yeah. Not that having a daughter, like the daughter, didn't produce a lot of happy memories, but she's seeing a side of her mother that she hasn't seen, which is this dating side of her. Like, she's seen her mom be flirtatious. Mm-hmm. She mentioned that in the last episode. But oh, yeah. She actually is, like, envious in the Kiss St. Tell episode yeah. of her mother's ability to, like, get men. And she sort of sees this stuff like, oh, my, these are things my mother is not enjoying because of me. I didn't even think about that. That's a good observation. That's important when she comes home because... Rory, uh, Lorelai eventually takes the teacher home. Yes, it's a big step. She invites him in. So he might be a vampire. Yeah, we don't know. And they are like getting hot and heavy. So She's- close to getting all the way. There's a sex warning at the top of the show. Like in the, the part on the top screen, it's like drugs, language, drug use. Yeah. It was like sex and language. And we had plenty of language. I wanted the sex part. Right. But something she didn't know is that at their house right now was also... Lane. Hiding out. Lane, I don't understand this. Lane went to her house to wait for her, which is a weird thing for friends just to do in general. Well, I think she knew she usually comes home on Friday night after dinner. How did she get in the house? It's probably just open in this town. But that's also weird. Like, I would never just be like, I'm going to go hang out at my friend's house. I feel like they have that kind of relationship, though. 
Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't have happened in my house, that's for sure. Right. I mean, it wouldn't happen in my house, but I lived in Rockford, Illinois, uh, mm. which was a dangerous place. Yeah, I lived in a small town, and we wouldn't have done that. You only visited your neighbors when you were going to rob them. Lorelai and Medina are about to penetrate, probably, <laughs> just right on the stairs. <laughs> when Lane walks out and is like, uh-oh, so Lorelai has to, like, separate from... Mr. Medina and go talk to Lane and she solves Lane's problems because she's like, whatever your problems are, I got pregnant in high school, so your thing's fine if you touched a boy's hair, it's whatever. If I were Lorelai, though, I would have been like, could you go home, though? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why she stayed. I, I feel like if I were Lane, I would have been like, I'm gonna go. Yeah, like, like, hey, she's not coming home. I'm here with a man. We're good, but could you go home? Uh, and then, of course, she's like, we can't bang because I'm super loud and Lane will hear. She doesn't say that, but like, <laughs> I guess that's why. must be the case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So Mr. Medina sleeps on the couch because it is snowy. Reading a book because of course he is. Yeah. We got to remind everyone he's a smart motherfucker. They do have a beautiful date. Yeah, they do. Uh, she takes him to like all these cool spots in town, like some kind of cute little movie place. They eat spicy burgers. Yeah. But yes, Rory somehow Ubers home the next morning, which Lorelai was not expecting. And Rory seems to not handle it well. But I think she puts together everything she learned at the grandparents' house. Like, yeah, she looks at the little pictures and she's like, oh, I want my mom to be happy. This is bothering me, but... And to be fair, it all did happen a little fast. Like, mm-hmm. Rory did give her permission to date her teacher, but that didn't mean, like, this first date will involve you coming to my house and having sex with my mom. Oh, and Rory, and then Rory and Lane make up, I guess. Rory's like, I'll be a better friend. So, uh, what did, do you think it was a good episode? I thought it was a good episode. Which one? This one I liked... Um, the last one was fine. There was a lot in the kiss and tell one that was annoying. Like, yeah. again, maybe it's just me not relating to Rory very well, but I felt like there was so much like back and forth. But yeah, I think the second episode was good. There was a lot of cute yeah. relationship building things. Like Rory being alone with her, both of her grandparents was fun. Yeah, and we got to see them sort of break out of their molds a little bit. Because Emily and Richard both like don't really make jokes. And they sort of like let their hair down in this one. Their dialogue has jokes. They're not, like, making jokes like Lorelai, but I would right. argue they're written comedically. Yeah, yeah, the lines are still funny, but it's not like, hey, this character is telling a joke. Yes. Whereas they, in this episode, Emily and Richard were, like, making jokes. Their characters were making jokes to each other on mm-hmm. purpose. Yeah. I, I, this was a good Richard and Emily episode, for sure. But it was nice to see Lorelai have the freedom to date that guy. Their relationship's cute so far. Yeah. I thought Lane was being kind of a baby, but I get her feeling jealous about Rory. Yeah. You to let that out. So I would say they were good episodes, but the second one was much better. I agree. So which episode do you think was better, Brian? Um, I would say... Um, it's hard to say. We haven't done it this way before with uh-huh. two. I mean, I guess I would rank it a sandwich where I would say Gilmore, Kiss and Tell, Angel... And above that, I would put um, Sex and Snow. No, it's like Love and <laughs> War, war and, and, snow. and Snow. That's from bottom to top. Yeah. I think I agree. It's tricky because the one Gilmore Girls episode was much better than the other. It's also, it's tough. Again, I think, um, sorry, Buffy as a show, I feel like gets so much stronger as it goes. Like uh-huh. Season one is just like not the strongest season at all. We were looking at rankings and it's consistently like ranked. Like, as one of the lowest seasons. Yeah. But, like, what Buffy's trying to do is, like, impossible. They're, like, trying to do a whole horror movie in 45 minutes and do, like, arc stuff. So, like, bigger story. Mm -hmm. And be funny. 
and do like character exploration in 45 minutes. It's just like so much. I think what I'm lacking in Buffy still is like the character development that Gilmore Girls is doing. Like I feel like Gilmore Girls for me is still a little slow. I'm thinking future episodes are much more dramatic and funny, but they're really taking time to get to know the characters and the relationships right now. Yeah. Which Buffy is not doing. Yeah. I don't know that much about Giles. I don't know that much about Xander. They like have their specific roles right now and they're Mm -hmm. very one dimensional. Yeah. Even Buffy. Willow's fine. I like Willow. I would say Buffy is pretty one-dimensional. Yeah. So I think if just over time we get to know more about the characters, that'll help. Because right now they're just like, we need big, crazy, awesome plots. Where Gilmore Girls is kind of doing the opposite. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll get to more interesting plots, but they're like slowly building these people. Right. But yeah, it was a good, we watched a lot of TV and it was all fun. Did you hate the other episode of Gilmore Girls? No, I didn't hate it. I, th- I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I liked Angel's episode as well. All right. I think... We've decided then. I guess we we are allowed to make sandwiches. We'll make that rule. I don't know how else you do that. I mean, I guess you could pick one of the three episodes, which was the best. Or yeah, I mean, technically Gilmore Girls won, but like that other one maybe would have brought it down if it was just that and just the Buffy episode. Right. Well, we would love to hear from you guys. What do you guys think of these episodes? Huh? What specifically did you like or didn't like? Are we wrong about our rankings? Was the Kiss and Tell episode fantastic? Was Angel obviously a vampire? Yeah. Am I dumb? Let us know. Give us a a rating on iTunes if you can, so more strangers can find us. You can answer all these questions by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Gilmore Slayer. You can also follow us on Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y and Stacy with an E-Y. Or you can send us an email at brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel called Brian and Stacy. The and is an ampersand. Next time, if you want to watch along, we will be watching Gilmore Girls Season 1, Episode 9, Rory's Dance. As well as episode 10, Forgiveness and Stuff. And Buffy, season one, episode eight, iRobot, dot, 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 you, Jane. All right. Well, our cat is hungry and we're both late for meetings. So thank you so much for joining us again. We'll see you next week. Bye.